When I was a novice, a long time ago, one of the priests in the novitiate uh, would often talk about how we need to search for the mind of Christ. He said it so often it kind of got to be a little joke. You know, why is it we have to look for Jesus' mind? Has he lost it again? But the idea was that in becoming religious and priests, our attitudes and thoughts should be Christ. And so we should try and think as he thought. It's often made me think about what we call the two natures of Christ. He's fully God, fully human. How do those two go together? Or to put it differently, what is he thinking as he does things? As God, he knows everything. As a human, he has to learn. So what's going on as he grows up? Did Joseph have to teach him how to use a saw? Did Mary have to teach him how to dress himself? He's God. What's going on in his head? What's he thinking about? Today, as we celebrate the baptism of Jesus, there's a few things that come to mind. At his birth, he's announced by the angels to be the Messiah. At the age of 12, he said he had to be at the temple. He had to be at his father's house. Now, at his baptism, he is recognized or announced, if you will, as being God's son in whom God is well pleased. With his baptism, he doesn't need a baptism to be washed of original sin, but it is marking the beginning of his public ministry. He's now 30 years old and about to start his mission of being an itinerant preacher, walking around, healing, preaching to people. What was he thinking at that moment as he's beginning? What did he think would happen? We don't really know because we don't know the answer to what's in God's mind. And maybe it's presumptuous to think about what was God thinking. But nevertheless, I think it's worth reflecting on. What did he think he was starting? He was beginning a ministry which, in only earthly terms, would end in failure. He would be arrested, tortured, judged, and crucified. His followers, many of them, would abandon him. This is not the success young people yearn for. He does rise from the dead and the work of redemption. But in earthly terms, he's beginning something 
which is going to be a flop. How much did he know at that time? Well, we don't know. And we can kind of go on and on and guess and reflect. Personally, I like the, there's a reflection. And if you don't like the music, you won't like the whole thing. But in Jesus Christ Superstar, in the scene in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's praying and he's struggling. Do I really have to do this? Why is this important? Is there another way I could do this? And then finally he says, just as it does in the scriptures, not my will, but yours. How was he struggling? How does that shed light on our struggles, our thoughts, our lives? How does it shed light on how we are to follow him? But there are other people in the Bible and they go through something somewhat similar. Abraham is called to go to a land that God says, I will show you. I am sending you somewhere you've never been and don't know about. Later on, he will tell him, even though you are old and have no children, I will make you the father of a great nation. His wife Sarah laughs when she hears that. Then when he has a son, God asks him to sacrifice him. There's a philosopher we had to read in college, Soren Kierkegaard, who talks about the reflections of Abraham on his way to that mountain. And he starts, tells the story, and starts and tells it again, all over again, a little longer. It's very difficult reading. As Abraham is trying to make sense of all this, God is asking something of him that to Abraham makes no sense. It doesn't fit together. Later on, another person. God will call Moses at the burning bush. And Moses will hesitate. God says, I want to send you to Pharaoh. Go tell him to let my people go. Moses is going to Pharaoh. Uh, I fled Egypt because I killed an Egyptian. <laughs> I'm a wanted man. You want me to go to Pharaoh? I can't even talk very well. Well, take your brother. I will be with you, but go. And then he goes, <laughs> and he does get in to see Pharaoh. And when he comes out, and Pharaoh has said, you guys got to make more straw. Find your own. All the people say, well, Moses, who asked you to go to Pharaoh? Uh, God. <laughs> so he's gone to Pharaoh. He didn't want to go. He hesitated. Later on, he would go through things like the plagues and confrontations with Pharaoh and then lead his people into the desert towards the promised land. But Moses lives a life very different from what he would have chosen.
Others, I could go on. Job. Jonah. Jeremiah. Isaiah. They're all called or, and affected to do things they never planned. Things they didn't want to do. They will struggle with what God wants of them. I can't say whether Jesus or Mary had surprises along the way, but many others in the Bible did. God asked them to go to a place they never expected to go to, to have lives they never thought they would have. They were asked to do things they probably would never have dreamed of on their own. Their worlds were turned upside down and changed. What does that say about us and our desire to follow Christ? People like Thomas Friedman claim that our world is changing faster than humans can deal with. I don't know how people measure that, but apparently it's true. It's clear that most of us do not live in the same world we grew up in. Things have changed tremendously. We may not remember our own baptism in which we began our mission as Christians, but we can remember the values and the commitments that they represent. We can remember that God calls us to follow him. And sometimes he may call us to places we don't want to go. I don't mean places like necessarily geographic things, but dealing with a world that is not the one we planned. Dealing with people who we would not have chosen to be in our lives. The famous one there's jokes about is the mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. Dealing with different people. Dealing with co-workers you would not have chosen. Dealing with neighbors you would not have chosen. But God calls. And like all those other people, and perhaps Jesus and Mary, he calls us to change. It can be a change of what we do. It can be a change of where we are. It can be a change of attitude. Jesus called us to a change of heart, that we change the ways we think about ourselves and other people. We need to recall our baptism. We need to recall we follow the Lord where the Lord wants us to be. We need to remember we are often called to change.